When Google searching, why does Generation Z, the top searches are suck, not want to work, and dress so badly. When Google searches, why are Generation Z, the top searches are so sensitive and so entitled. But who and what truly constitutes Generation Z? Gen Z is composed of individuals born between 1997 and 2012. But Gen Z gets a bad rap with titles like soft, snowflakes, and lazy. As a Gen Z journalist, I've been called a snowflake a handful of times. But generational stereotypes are not exclusive to Gen Z. Millennials are called poorly prepared with no aspirations. Gen Xers are called disloyal, slackers, and were thought to care only about their hair. And baby boomers are called cold and selfish. However, according to the Stanford University news article titled, Gen Z are not coddled, they are highly collaborative, self-reliant, and pragmatic, according to new Stanford-affiliated research. An ordinary Gen Zer can be described as self-driven, deeply compassionate, advocates for diversity, highly collaborative, and values flexibility, relevance, and an unconventional approach to authority. But as a generation that never knew the world before the internet, they have experienced complex issues in the early stages of their lives. Mental health, gun violence, financial instability, consequences of climate change, these things have dawned significantly upon Gen Z. Most people in their early 20s have or will experience an existential crisis over what to do with their lives. Yet, the current state of our world has made it particularly difficult for Gen Z. I met with Xanadu Lamro, an NAU graduate, to talk about her fears of the future. I definitely think about the future every day. That is something that I've been trying to work on because although it's important for us to reflect upon how our current actions will impact our future, I think it's equally as important, especially at this age, for us to you know not be in a rush to grow up and truly enjoy you know your early 20s. And we have so many lessons to learn right now, but a lot of us are so anxious and concerned about how our future will turn out that we're not even enjoying this current moment that we live in. So I've been trying to work on that, but um, yeah, I definitely think about it every day. I'm that person that's looking at like house listings on Zillow every day to get an idea of what the housing market looks like. And even though I'm nowhere near ready having kids, I know that my current car isn't necessarily a family car. So I've been looking at SUVs and like the price of those. And it stresses me out, even though I'm not buying a house or a car anytime soon. It's just, it it stresses me out, but then it also eases my anxiety because I feel like I'm planning for the future, even though I don't necessarily need to do that right now. It has become apparent Gen Z's biggest fear isn't just growing up, but facing the new challenges the world offers today. On February 14th, 2018, a 19-year-old former student exited an Uber outside Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School at 2.19 p.m. The young man drew near the school with a backpack filled with ammunition cartridges and smoke grenades and a black duffel holding an illegally purchased AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. At 2.21 p.m., the man entered the school's freshman building and loaded his rifle in a stairwell. He then exited the stairway into a first-floor hallway where he fired bullets down the passageway. He headed upstairs to the second floor, then to the third, where he fired more bullets. That young man, Nicholas Cruz, killed 17 students and staff and injured 17 others in less than four minutes. His attack became one of the deadliest mass shootings in U.S. history. 
The attack ignited a massive youth movement across the country, advocating for specific legislative remedies to address the distinct U.S. issues of mass shootings and gun violence. The ranks of these movements have expanded significantly. Most of Gen Z have grown accustomed to active shooter scenarios, evoking fear whenever they're sitting at a desk and hear a fire drill or a lockdown PA announcement. Melissa DeGeorge is an 8th grade science teacher at Paseo Hills Elementary. She said the fear of a possible school shooting is always in the back of her mind. Have you ever worried about the possibility of a school shooting? Yes. Does it cross your mind a lot? It's always in the back of our minds. As teachers, it's always there. It's always something that we have to watch for and be aware. Columbine was just unbelievable. No one could believe that that happened. And it seemed like it was an isolated incident, and it was for a while, but then it continued for school shootings as well as just, you know, mall shootings or museums, you know, nightclubs that, you know, and why that is, I don't know, other than, you know, maybe social, emotional um, learning has, was not there in schools. I think that during that time, both parents in the household worked and left kids alone to fend for themselves and it's just a lot got overlooked and missed with kids social emotional learning have any of your students from the past like couple years um expressed like fear of that happening or is it something they talk about there, a few years ago, there was one student I had who did not want to sit up front by the classroom door. She wanted to be in the back because she was afraid of a shooter coming in. So I moved her and locked the door for her every every time she was in my class. And yeah, the kids do worry about it. And, you know, when it comes up in the news, they'll, they'll talk about it a little bit, but I don't... I, I think, like, especially in eighth grade, it's just not a reality for them until it is a reality for them. Are you ever scared for yourself when you go to work and there's always that possibility or the fact that that is a possibility at all? I don't know that I'm scared, but like I said before, it's always in the back of my mind and it it's always you know, a, a cause to be on alert, you know, pay attention to what's going on and what kids are doing and what strangers are doing um, when they're walking up to the school or they're trying to get on campus when, when they shouldn't be. Does your school have any sort of like safety measures or precautions? All schools now are, are closed campuses. They have the gates, they lock the gates. Uh, but nothing is completely secure. Um, we have an SRO officer on campus. Uh, he does a lot of programs with the kids, and he's there for safety as well. Um, there are cameras. I don't know how operable they are, or I don't think anyone is watching them constantly. 
So, no, I wouldn't say our schools are secure. They definitely need more security. According to the 2018 Stress in America survey conducted by the American Psychological Association, or APA, 75% of Gen Z reported mass shootings as a significant source of stress. 72% said the same about school shootings. And 21% of Gen Z students said the thought of a shooting happening at their school was an unrelenting source of stress. Caitlin Coates, a public health student at Coconino Community College, highlighted the alarming reality of residing in a world where gun violence is common. What are your perspectives on the issue of gun violence? Essentially, people just suck and the world is super scary. There are literally bulletproof safe room designs for classrooms now, and it's upsetting and it shouldn't be a thing. The fact that these measures are considered necessary makes you think about how truly unsettling the world has become. Have you ever been scared to go in public or school in fear of a mass shooting? Yeah. When I didn't have money, I thought I was going to have to spend what I did have on a bulletproof backpack. And I mean, I am still scared because they aren't stopping. I remember my junior year of high school, this one kid was allegedly planning to strap homemade bombs to pillars and stand on the roof of our school and just shoot down at all of us while we were supposed to take a moment of silence for the victims of the Parkland shooting. The kid ended up getting arrested and it was terrifying. Gen Z has heard, seen, and some even lived through the traumatic events of gun violence. The Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in 2012, the Kenosha unrest shooting in 2020, the killing of Breonna Taylor, the Robb Elementary School shooting in 2022, the Colorado Springs nightclub shooting, and the 2017 Las Vegas shooting. These instances are just one of many reasons for the decline of Gen Z's mental health and has significantly changed how they see the world. The State University of New York deemed Gen Z as the most anxious generation. In the APA Stress in America survey, 91% of Gen Z adults reported experiencing physical or emotional symptoms such as anxiety and depression linked to stress. The survey also found Gen Z to be significantly more likely than any other generation to report poor mental health, with female Gen Zers being twice as likely than male Gen Zers to report their mental health as poor. Yet. There's still a discussion of the affordability of mental health care. The affordability varies significantly based on factors like insurance coverage, location, and the specific services needed. In many cases, individuals may face financial barriers to obtaining the support they need. In the Stress in America survey, compared to other generations, Gen Z is reported to feel the most stress about issues in the national news, like mass shootings, rise in suicide rates, climate change and global warming, separation and deportation of immigrant and migrant families, and widespread sexual harassment and assault reports. The COVID-19 pandemic played a significant role in the decline of Gen Z's mental health. In 2021, Dr. Vivek Murthy, U.S. Surgeon General, dubbed the youth mental health crisis. According to a research article written by Murthy titled, The Mental Health of Minority and Marginalized Young People, an Opportunity for Action, Murthy noted, COVID-19 unveiled the magnitude of the mental health crisis on racial and ethnic minorities, sexual and gender minorities, and marginalized young people. Ashley Graham, a 20-year-old student studying public health at Northern Arizona University, has struggled with her mental health for years. Was there a specific point where you felt you were really struggling with your mental health? Um, yeah, it was probably right when COVID hit and like having to move on to like remote learning. I didn't really feel like 
I like had my head in the right space. It feel like it disrupted my sense of like normalcy. Um, kind of coping with these things were tough and it triggered a phase of like heightened stress and anxiety for me in that time. My mental health, especially like when I moved to college and going back into a life after COVID, it was pretty bad. Uh, I was really sad about moving away from home and like just, I had a really bad mental, like social life well-being. Um, there was a point when I questioned whether I could handle like the stress and responsibilities that came with moving and going to college. It was really hard for me to like find a routine, so I just kind of stayed in bed most of the time. How would you say your mental health is now? I would say my mental health has definitely significantly improved. I have a better environment and better friends. Uh, I learned how to set boundaries for myself. It's just normal stuff like school, work, and my social life mixed with like the general state of our world that brings me down sometimes and causes those feelings again. Um, the difference now is that I have the tools and support system to navigate through these difficulties more efficiently. Have you ever gone to therapy or have had any sort of mental health care? Uh, yeah, I started going to therapy when I was like three because of my parents divorced. My mom didn't want it to affect me growing up too much. Uh, I stopped going until I was like in middle school, like seventh and eighth grade. I had a pretty terrible therapist though, so she didn't really help anything. And I think it kind of made me feel worse about going to therapy. And so I just kind of stopped. Uh, but my senior year of high school, I started seeing this really good therapist that I really, really loved. Um, but it was $100 a session. And at one point I just, I told her that I couldn't keep seeing her because I couldn't afford it. And I mean, mental health care isn't necessarily always affordable, especially for a college like high school student, but we have definitely come a long way from mental health being a, such a taboo topic. At least as a generation, we have each other to, to kind of relay our problems to, and the odds are the people we talk to are kind of going through the same thing. Now, Gen Z has been experiencing an uphill struggle in the pursuit of their financial goals. Bank of America reported 85% of Gen Zers recognized one or more barriers to obtaining financial success. According to the Bank of America Better Money Habits Survey, 53% of respondents said the higher cost of living is among their top barriers. Among higher cost of living, other financial issues Gen Zs facing are student loan debt, housing affordability, static wages, and economic uncertainty. The COVID-19 pandemic particularly piled on financial hardship as fear of the virus spreading kept people at home and businesses shut down, which caused a drastic decline in economic activity and radical job losses. I mean, yeah, I still have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah, I think the only good thing about that is that you're not alone. I feel the same exact way. I know you didn't get dealt the best hand when you started your college career because the COVID-19 pandemic happened your first year here. What was that like? COVID really did a number on me. Um, I was in my second semester of freshman year at NAU when the COVID-19 virus hit. Everything switched online, classes and meetings were all on Zoom or completely remote. I was doing fine with the whole asynchronous learning for a while, but then at one point during the second semester of my sophomore year, I lost all motivation. Yeah, I can imagine. Switching to online must have been really hard, especially if you learn best in person. I do learn best in person, which is why it was so hard. It just kind of felt like things weren't as serious, so I started to slack a bit. I ended up losing my scholarship and I dropped out of NAU at the end of my sophomore year. And I honestly thought dropping out was for the best because I was struggling financially. I had a part-time job at Taco Bell, no car, and was living in a loft of a townhome. I shared with three other girls. It wasn't the best situation, but I definitely tried to make the most of it. If you don't mind me asking, did you come to college prepared in terms of you know, mindset and finances? Yeah, I did. 
but typical college things got in the way like roommates and parties but it was really COVID that was the biggest burden it just felt like I couldn't keep up with life I essentially got kicked out of college had a shitty job and couldn't afford to buy a car let alone pay for my rent I honestly don't know where things went wrong and I underestimated the cost of living and Flagstaff in general especially with my hours cut at Taco Bell during COVID the only thing I could rely on at that time was my stimulus check, which I didn't receive for months. Being an essential worker didn't mean shit. Yeah, I can say with how long I've been in Flagstaff, I definitely underestimated the cost of living. It feels like I came to college so prepared financially and mentally, and now I'm just ready to go home. I mean, we are trying to navigate life at the same time. We are learning about biology, journalism, psychology, whatever we came to school for. But you obviously figured it out and decided to go back to school. What was that process like? Once I got more financially stable, I decided to look into going to Coconino Community College. It was going to be cheaper and then I could eventually go back to NAU. I decided to major in public health at this time. I was going for nursing at NAU, but it just became something I wasn't interested in any interested in anymore. Public health was more broad, cheaper, less of a workload, and something I felt more comfortable doing in the long run. Would you say you feel more confident entering the real world now that you have gone back to school and are focusing on something you genuinely are interested in? Uh, I mean, yes and no. I am glad I went back to school, but I don't feel too confident. I just wish there wasn't all these tribulations Gen Z has to face. I feel almost unfortunate to be born at the time I was, but I still have hope for my future. The high cost of living paired with college and the ability to only work a minimum wage or an entry-level job has greatly impacted Generation Z's means to not only save money, but to live comfortably. I would say that my biggest fear is that I won't be as financially stable as I want to be. Um, I'm nervous that I'll end up living paycheck to paycheck and that my bills will consume me. Because my, my biggest goal in life is to be financially stable and not have to worry about when the next paycheck is coming or if it ever came to the point where I had to decide which bill could be late because I had to wait for the next paycheck to pay it off, that's my biggest fear. I'm also nervous that I won't feel fulfilled in life because in order for me to feel that way, I do believe I need to be able to explore things and ex you know have new experiences and travel. And not to say that it needs to be expensive, but I'm nervous that I might be in the position where the only thing I can afford to do is work and I won't be able to experience life outside of work. And then I don't think I will feel happy in my life if that's how my future ends up. Based on the United States Census Bureau, the median value of a home in the US in the year 2000 was $119,600. In 2023, the median value of a home is $430,300. In the New York Times article titled, Is it possible to buy a house in your 20s? The Federal Reserve found 29% of adults aged 18 to 29 owned their homes in 2021. However, individuals who bought a house before 30 often had help from family or high paying jobs. Some individuals have discovered alternative routes to home ownership, like establishing routes in lower cost of living areas and programs designed to lower down payment expenses for eligible buyers. The Federal Reserve also found 40% of 22 to 24-year-olds lived with their parents in 2021, with the majority of young adults having said the reason they are living with their parents is to save money. I do have some debt from my second bachelor's degree, and I'm nervous about the process of paying that off, how that works, if that's even possible because of the interest rate. Thankfully, my parents are in the position where they're allowing me to move in with them for as long as I need. and. My plan is to do so for about a year and focus on just paying off my debt because they won't charge me rent. 
But for the large group of people in college who have to continue paying their own rent, utilities, um, car payment, and basic day-to-day needs, I don't know how possible it is to pay off their debt in a quick manner. And again, the interest rate's just going to continue to raise the price of these loans. So I feel for those people a lot, and I can't imagine the stress that they feel in that position. And I know a lot of times people feel as though it's their own fault for putting themselves in debt. But oftentimes, going to college for a lot of people didn't feel like an option. And it wasn't presented as an option. It, was, it wasn't presented as a potential option. It was the only option. But then the only way to get through college was for them to take loans. So I definitely feel for a lot of people. My other anxiety about the future is... Um, not feeling happy with my career choice because when you start college, most of us are 18 and that's when you usually pick your major and a lot of people stick with it. And then I'm nervous about the fact that what if my interest and my passion changes by the time I'm in my late 20s because I'm not going to have the same interests as I had when I was a teenager and I'm nervous that that might leak into my career choice. You know, because I I picked my first undergraduate degree because I was a teenager who loved science, so I did biomedical science. What if when I'm in my late 20s, I don't like science anymore, but now I'm in a science-based career, and I know I'm not the only person that feels that way, so that's definitely not a fun feeling. And as someone who does want kids in the future, I do sometimes think about what anxieties they might experience in their future because you know I got my license six years ago and I've firsthand been able to see how high the gas prices have gone and for most of college I was working a minimum wage job that I didn't feel like aligned with how expensive day-to-day needs were and so I do fear for my kids and what the price of basic necessities are going to be for them. In today's currency, the average cost of homes for Gen Zers and Millennials is nearly double what baby boomers paid in the 1970s. According to Consumer Affairs in the U.S., the purchasing power of Gen Z's currency is 86% lower today than what it was when baby boomers were in their 20s. Gen Z's struggle with financial instability ultimately comes from the standard cost of living compared to today's pay rates. Wages have not kept up with the substantial rise in the price of goods over the past five decades. Kyle Free, a technical program manager with a background in finance from two years at NAU, delved into a discussion on the financial barriers he believes will have the most impact on Generation Z. Most Gen Zers probably will not own a home. It is a simple fact of wage growth not keeping up with housing prices. If you're in Gen Z, you really are going to need to focus on maximizing your income, minimizing your savings, and still saving and being disciplined for a very long time for most people in order to be able to buy that house. There are going to need to be sacrifices and it's not going to be easy. The biggest burden for Gen Z when it comes to buying a house, I'd say is actually a few things. It is important to note that housing prices, especially in the United States, have compounded a lot faster than the average wage in America. 
So the biggest issue there is simply that it is a lot harder for Gen Z to buy homes than their parents are, given where salaries and home prices are. I'd say the biggest thing is just really start trying to build wealth, start trying to get ahead in your career. You need to note that it's going to be more difficult for you than your parents. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's important to keep in mind. You're going to have to work harder than your parents did. And it's important to focus on increasing the amount of income you make. It's important on spending very frugally until you can get that house. Because once you get that house and you're in a more stable spot and you have more money, everything in your life is going to be easier. So the biggest burden when it comes to buying a house, prices and wage growth. Wage growth is not very high. Housing price has compounded at an incredible rate. And then beyond that is just chipping away slowly and understanding that it's a difficult process. You know, I think a lot of people's parents maybe saved for three months and then put a down payment. That is no longer possible for our generation. So it's going to take a lot of time of increasing your income, saving that income, and then being disciplined for a very long time to build up that payment. I definitely think the biggest thing is just getting to a point where they aren't simply trying to survive. It's, it's one of those things where when you don't have money and you don't have access to a lot of the options, it's really difficult to get to that point. Zero to one is a lot harder than 100 to 200 kind of thing. Um, so once, once they get started and they can get that ball rolling, they'll be in a really good spot. But getting that first stable thing going where you either have a certain amount of money and you feel like you have a little more freedom and you, can, you, you have enough to start investing or putting towards your future versus just trying to survive, I think that's the biggest issue. And with inflation the past three years, it's coming down now, as high as it was, um, that, just, that just makes that initial start to building wealth a lot harder for Gen Z. Um, so I'd say the inflation and, I mean, the job, mar the job market's been really well the whole time. So yeah, mostly just the inflation and trying to make it through their education with that inflation to where they can really start to get the ball rolling. Not to mention the college tuition rate has drastically increased within the past 12 years. The Education Data Initiative reported the cost of tuition at a public four-year institution rose by 9.24% from 2012 to 2022, and the annual inflation rate for college tuition averaged 12% during the same period. Student loan debt has contributed to one of the most significant debt crises in the U.S., with former students collectively owing more than $1.7 trillion in 2022. The average annual salary in the U.S. in 2023 is $59,428, with those 20 to 24 years old averaging a salary of $38,324. The average personal income is $63,214. Going back to the COVID-19 pandemic prior to 2020, the U.S. had been in a phase of low inflation, but the emergence of the pandemic led to a range of market issues, increasing the prices of goods and services. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics explains this in two ways, quote, core inflation and deviations from the core inflation number, end quote. According to the Bureau, core inflation reflects the labor market's degree of, quote, slack or tightness, end quote 
while deviations from this core inflation measure represent significant fluctuations in the prices of specific goods or services within a particular industry. Throughout 2021 and 2022, as the labor market grew more constricted, core inflation increased in response to rising ratio of job vacancies to unemployment. When employees negotiate for improved wages, companies start raising their prices. From this research, the Bureau of Labor Statistics explains the increase in inflation since 2020 through three components. The price fluctuations in energy, delays in work orders for goods and services due to COVID-19-induced supply chain challenges, and shifts in pricing within the automotive industry. In addition to this research, the Bureau predicts the inflation level to range from 2.3 to 4.8% in December of 2024. There has been significant evolution in key economic indicators over the decades. Median home values in the U.S. have experienced substantial growth, with the median reaching $430,300 in 2023 compared to $11,900 in 1960. The cost of attending a public four-year institution has surged as well, illustrated by tuition and fees that were $243 per semester in the 1960s have escalated to $9,678 per semester for an in-state student in 2023. Alongside these trends, the average personal income in the U.S. has seen notable increases, from $2,321 in 1960 to $63,214 in 2023, reflecting the changing economic landscape over the years. Many baby boomers had access to affordable education, and college degrees were viewed as a token of well-paying jobs and career stability. Gen Xers experienced a rise in the cost of education, but sought access to reasonably priced higher education. However, the cost of education began to surge during the time millennials went to college. Student loan debt became a significant concern as millennials worked toward higher education. Gen Z faces both high tuition costs and the impact of digital learning. In terms of housing, baby boomers enjoyed affordable housing and home ownership rates were high. Gen Xers experienced housing market ups and downs as some entered the market during favorable conditions, while others faced challenges due to economic downturns. The housing market became less affordable for millennials due to high housing costs, student debt, and urbanization. Gen Z is entering the housing market with similar affordability challenges. It's hard to say because the rest of the country it looks a little bit different than Phoenix. Only in that um, there's been like an influx of people. And so that's kind of driven prices up. Um, with the increase in minimum wage that's driven the prices up. And the cost of living in Phoenix proportionally to the inflation around the country is a lot more like it's not proportion i don't think the cost of living here in phoenix is a lot greater than it really should be but it is definitely not a good market um, for young adults to try to buy a house and i do worry um you know if my kids are going to be able to buy a house and even rent a house even renting right now is crazy there's nothing out there there's not there's very little out there less than two thousand dollars a month even some one-bedroom apartments are 1800 which is ridiculously high mm -hmm. 
the interest rates, they continue to raise interest rates to try to slow spending. It's not working. Yeah. People are continuing to spend money and they just continue to raise interest rates. So would you say like right now is a little bit more difficult of a time for Gen Z to be growing up just because of the state of our economy? Yes, absolutely. It was a lot easier for my stepsons at the time to survive um, outside of our home than it is for our kids now to survive outside of our home. In the matter of income, baby boomers benefited from rising incomes and career stability due to post-war economic expansion. Gen Xers experienced both economic growth and recessions. Millennials entered the workforce during the Great Recession, which led to delayed career starts and income growth. As Gen Z emerges in the job market, they are expected to face the impact of economic fluctuations and evolving job opportunities. DeGeorge reminisced on the state of the economy when she was growing up in the 80s and 90s. Do you remember just like the general like, kind of cost of living during the 80s? Comparatively speaking, a lot less than it is today, but with inflation, you know, that's to be expected. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the cost of living went up. Interest rates were high, I believe, for mortgages. And so people were paying a lot more um, in interest to buy a house. I didn't buy a whole lot of groceries. My mom did, but I think that, uh, you know, relative to the pay at the time, and it was probably higher than it should have been, I'm gonna guess due to the interest rates. When did you buy your first house? Like what age were you when you became like a homeowner? 27, it was in 1997. But, like, the housing market at that time was pretty good? Yeah, it was very good. Homes were, land and homes were really cheap. And the economy was doing really well in 97. Or at least as far as I can remember. Mortgage rates were low, I think. And housing was low. You know, that was about 10 years before the bubble burst Mm -hmm. in the real estate market. Gen Z has faced a range of social issues that have influenced their experiences and perspectives. Racial equity, abortion, healthcare costs, LGBTQ plus rights, and climate change have all shaped ways Gen Z views the world. The ongoing fight for justice and equality deeply resonates with them. In a survey conducted by the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement, 30% of Gen Z respondents are concerned about abortion rights. 26% are concerned about the job market, and 23% are concerned about climate change. Gen Z is known to be racially and ethnically diverse, which is why they advocate for equal access to opportunities and social justice. Racial inequality in the U.S. traces its origins to established behaviors, beliefs, and public and private policies. These factors have led to the unjust appropriation of the physical, financial, labor, and other resources of non-white individuals. A notable occurrence that caused a series of protests and sparked an uprising was the killing of George Floyd. Prior to Floyd's death, we were exposed to Breonna Taylor, 
Ahmad Arbery and Eric Garner's death. In 2020, following Floyd's death, demonstrators arose in cities across the country as individuals rallied to the cause of racial justice. The Black Lives Matter movement evolved into a potent political influence. Activists achieved convictions, molded federal policies, and circulated their message throughout college campuses and popular culture that impacted legislation and presidential platforms. However, there are still issues that persist among people of color. Police brutality, mass incarceration, economic inequality, education inequity, healthcare disparities, housing discrimination, immigration policies, etc. Just as racial justice issues persist, LGBTQ social issues persist too. Healthcare access, hate crimes, youth homelessness, military service, legal recognition, transgender rights, etc. LGBTQ rights have become a defining social justice issue for Gen Z, with a strong emphasis on inclusivity, acceptance, and the recognition of diverse gender identities and sexual orientations. Gen Z actively advocates for creating safe spaces and dismantling discriminatory practices, fostering an environment that embraces the richness of human diversity. Although Gen Z and other generations have actively challenged these barriers, they still exist. While the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy was repealed, which directed that military applicants were not to be asked about their sexual orientation, Members of the LGBTQ community still face barriers in military service, such as transgender rights. And while significant progress has been made in legal recognition, deterrents are still there, including disparities in state-level protections and the absence of federal protection against discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. According to the Human Rights Campaign, in 2021, there were 27 anti-LGBTQ bills enacted in the U.S. In 2023, the American Civil Liberties Union have tracked 506 anti-LGBTQ bills. These bills range from schools and education to free speech and expression. Now, abortion rights represent a pivotal issue for Gen Z, reflecting their commitment to reproductive freedom and bodily autonomy. The perspectives within this generation contribute to a diverse dialogue surrounding reproductive rights, where individuals navigate complex ethical and moral considerations. In June of 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court reversed the landmark decision of Roe v. Wade, which ensured a constitutional right to abortion for almost five decades. This ruling transferred the legal context over abortion to individual states, where some restricted the procedure while others have worked to protect it. This decision was met with an uprising as protesters voiced their anger in cities across the country. Many abortion rights activists stood outside the Supreme Court, while others protested outside of their state senate. According to the Guttmacher Institute, which monitors state-level abortion legislation, last year, state legislators introduced 563 provisions aimed at limiting access to abortion, with 50 of these restrictions being enacted into law during the same year. As of the current publication, 14 states enforce near-total abortion bans throughout any stage of pregnancy, while six states have instituted abortion bans with varying restrictions ranging from 6 to 20 weeks after an individual's last menstrual period. The Center of American Progress outlined the uneven impact of abortion restrictions as they disproportionately affect marginalized communities that already encounter challenges in accessing reproductive health services. Factors such as higher rates of being uninsured or underinsured, factors such as higher rates of being uninsured or underinsured, lower employment opportunities, and residing far from health centers contribute to limited access to abortion for these groups. 
Additionally, millions of women enrolled in Medicaid lack coverage for their abortions. In the realm of healthcare, the escalating costs pose a significant worry for Gen Z, prompting concerns about accessibility and the broader implications for societal well-being. This generation grapples with the impact of a healthcare system that often places financial barriers to essential services, fostering a collective desire for reform and equitable access to healthcare. According to the nationwide mutual insurance company, 19% of Gen Z say they're considering downgrading their health insurance plan because of high inflation. The U.S. healthcare system operates on a model centered around a direct fee system, meaning patients under 65 are expected to pay medical costs themselves, and they also focus on private health insurance through an employer or union. According to the University of Minnesota textbook titled Social Problems, administrative expenses for healthcare in the U.S. surpass those of other industrialized nations. Due to the predominantly private nature of U.S. health insurance, the associated billing and record-keeping responsibilities are extensive, requiring a substantial number of clerks and accountants to manage insurance paperwork. Additionally, the U.S. adheres to a fee-for-service model for private insurance. Within this framework, physicians, hospitals, healthcare professionals, and businesses enjoy relatively unrestricted freedom to set prices for their services. In contrast, other industrialized nations maintain lower prices through government regulations. Now, moving on to climate change. Climate change stands as a monumental challenge that has captured the attention and concern of Gen Z. The impending environmental crisis has prompted a sense of urgency, with this generation mobilizing for sustainable practices, environmental conservation, and policy changes to address the global climate emergency. A Pew Research Center survey found when questioned about their interaction with online content related to climate change, Gen Zers are likely to articulate concerns and anxieties about the future. 69% of Gen Z reported feeling anxious about the future during their most recent encounter with content addressing climate change. Pew Research also found that 64% of Americans argued that prioritizing endeavors to mitigate the consequences of climate change is crucial today to secure a sustainable future. 57% of U.S. adults said climate change is affecting their community. The occurrence of increasingly frequent and intense or extreme weather events is believed to be strongly influenced by climate change. Pew Research reported 60% of Americans expressed that they perceive at least moderate issues in their localities related to an excess of garbage, while 60% mentioned concerns about water pollution in lakes, rivers, and streams. 52% indicated similar sentiments about local air pollution, and 41% noted that safe drinking water or lack of green space, which was 39%, are considered moderate problems. However, Gen Z is persistent on this matter. In the realm of climate activism, Pew Research reported Gen Zers and millennials exhibit a likelihood of actively addressing climate change through participation in various activities like donating money, contacting elected officials, volunteer work, and attending rallies and protests, compared to Gen X and baby boomers and older adults. Younger adults are also more prone to discussing the imperative for climate action and are more likely to receive encouragement to become more involved. Additionally, among social media users, the younger demographic is more inclined to interact with climate-related content and experience stronger emotional reactions. 
but Gen Z has actively engaged with and addressed these social issues through a variety of means like digital activism, community engagement, advocacy for inclusivity, political activism, consumer activism, etc. As a generation, Gen Z has shown significant interest in pushing for societal change. Reflecting on all these challenges, it is evident that the evolution of societal issues, financial instability, mental health, and gun violence has shaped the unique perspective of Gen Z. In the pursuit of social change, Gen Z emerges as a capable force as they intertwine digital activism, educational initiatives, and creative expression to go beyond traditional boundaries. As they navigate the complexities of a rapidly changing world, the dedication to creating a fairer and more connected future is palpable. In the face of complicated issues, Generation Z is helping lead the way toward a more inclusive and equitable society through their actions.